Good morning, Sarah Heffala. Good morning, Nancy Rommelman. Do you know what today is? I, I think I do. What is it, though? Tell me. Today is our 100th episode. Ooh, and the crowd went wild. Um, a hundred episodes. Now that's, I mean, and that's actually under, you know, counting because that doesn't include, you know, paid subscriber only episodes, interviews that we've done on our own. Um, I'm talking about just the you and the me talking the about you. quote, quote, what's burning through the culture right now. End quote. That's right. Not including the pie talks. So, or the smoking diaries. That's right. Um, Sarah, I couldn't be happier. Hundred episodes. Yeah. We're aging very well. I know. Someone told me that last night. I had a little uh, little shindig over here, and uh, someone, let's just say, he thought I was a lot younger than I am. So I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. Oh, oh, okay. So you turned around a compliment that was about our podcast into right. a, a yeah. compliment about how you look. That's right. Yeah, I just want to be clear on that's what happened. Yeah, just, okay, I'm not sharing. I'm not sharing. <laughs> no, our, our, no, it's our, totally our, fine. Hundredth glory. It's about me, Sarah, uh, and uh, and and the wonderful dinner I had last night. Anyway, um, no, we we love being here with you guys, and thank you, thank you for coming and hanging out with us a couple times a week. Um, and we're glad that you're considering today. We're glad that today is the day you're considering becoming a paid subscriber. Isn't that right? That's right. In celebration of our 100th anniversary, uh, 100th anniversary. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm making a strong. What? 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 Our 100th show, our 100th episode, become a paid subscriber. It's the best way to celebrate. Uh, another way to celebrate is that I have cooked up a little quiz for you. I like to celebrate for, milestones with little quizzes. For me, are you or ready for, for the this? listeners? Yes, yes, I'm for ready. You. I'm ready. For you, Nancy okay. Rollman. You see, you're the nice one on this show. You just get each episode, it's just getting more codified that you are the considerate yeah. person. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. That I handcrafted a bespoke quiz <laughs> for you. <laughs> Artisan, gluten free. Question number one What is the name of this podcast? The name of this podcast is Smoke Em If You Got Them. Ding, 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 ding. You got that right. That was okay. a gimme. Nancy Rommelman, we have had 15 guests on our show. And I'm not including ones that, you know, we interviewed separately or guest hosts or anything like that. I'm talking about people that have come on and talked to us. Do you think that we've spoken to more men or more women? Men. Ooh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, immediately when I started to think of who they were, like, um, men's names started floating through my mind. So I was like, it must be, must be Ben. But I will say it's very close. There's like, uh, eight men and seven women. So it's a, it's a, it's a neck and it, they're, they're pretty close. I'm very surprised um, it's only 15. I know. Well, well, we're going to bring on more average. people. Yep. Yeah. Which of our guests resulted in the most paid subscriptions? That's Michael Moynihan. <laughs> that was another gimme. <laughs> Michael Moynihan of the fifth column is like the undisputed master of generating I've, paid subscriptions. And if you are part of the Moynihan Brigade, we love you. We welcome you. Uh, thank you. Yes. Um, 
Did you want to say anything about that? No, I was just going to say last night I had a dinner here. Michael was here and he looked, I made these short ribs that take forever to cook. And he's like, oh, short ribs. He's like, I make those really well. My daughter was here. She's like, are you a cook? He's like, no, but I make those really well. So we had a little short rib, short rib tete-a-tete about methods and all that stuff. So. Well, why don't we have him on the podcast to talk about that? <laughs> the cooking. Yes, that's what people yeah. want to hear about from Michael is cooking. <laughs> That's right. So anyway, when you, you fold the egg know, whites in, Michael. <laughs> and if you don't know, Michael Manahan is one third of the amazing Fifth Column podcast. Yes. He was on our show to talk about. Uh, this was after this was uh, during a an LA Times piece had come out about the uh, is this was the sexual revolution a failure uh, event that Barry Weiss and company had hosted in Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, what is our most listened to show? I have no idea. Would it would it be um, Depp Heard? You on Depp Heard? No, but it, it does have a celeb, a tangential celebrity connection. This is so random, but it is our episode on Danny Masterson uh, oh. and Scientology that included the Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis apology. You know what? I I should have known that because we have a uh, Substack's really cool. By the way, if everybody's thinking about becoming a Substacker, I I recommend it. You've got really good um, metrics, and you can see. And yes, that episode for some reason I don't know if it got linked somewhere, but it just ran out of the gate. It's it's been listened yeah, to a lot. It must have been it must have been picked up somewhere. But I think now is a yeah. good time to announce our format change to um, Scientology. And uh, celebrity apologies. <laughs> That's right. That's weird from here on out. Well, we sh- we will have no shortage of celebrity apologies. That's I think in this in this climate. But we'll we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there after the quiz. Yeah. All right. Last question. Okay. Is a moral dilemma. A man goes to a supermarket once a week and buys a dead chicken, but before cooking the dead chicken, he has sexual intercourse with it. Then he thoroughly cooks it and eats it. Is this wrong? Look, who am I? Who am I to judge? How I'm not going to kink shame here. Um, I think it's disgusting. I also think like, okay, so he does this each week. Is he doing it because he's hungry, or is he doing it out of because like, he's horny? He's horny. He's hungry. But it's like, is it a shame exercise? Like, I am the grossest person ever, and so in order to kind of, I'm going to eat my shame. Yeah. So it, I do so that. Was, what I was the question? The it, you eat your shame. Yeah. That's actually, that's, um, that's, that's actually, we, we could talk about that sometime, but, um, is it wrong? Pass. <laughs> <laughs> this is a, um, do you remember what that's from? Vaguely? Do you remember what book it's from? It's, it's Jonathan Haidt. It's Jonathan Haidt's book. Uh, I think it's I think it's the righteous mind, but um, you know it's a moral dilemma that I brought up and talked about on several episodes because I was really fascinated by it because my first knee jerk reaction was like, no, it's not wrong, it's fine, and then this placed me in this like amoral camp of <laughs> of you know it, it was like oh, clearly everyone knows this is wrong, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> I'm clearly in the 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 totally amoral chicken fucking camp. And I mean, to me, it's just kind of like nobody was hurt. 
But uh, but the idea is that we should have an internal, we should have an internal, you know, knowing that this is wrong, even if we can't describe why it is. And I think that's what you're hitting on. Well, there's like it's sort of an an automatic revulsion. It's like exactly those are not not right. But when you first said it, for some reason, I was think I was thinking about. Did you read the corrections, Jonathan Franzen's the corrections? Absolutely. Yes, I I I love many times. I've I've been told I have a. Uh, some friends years ago because I loved it. And uh, a friend of mine who's a writer, she hated it so much. She's like, let me just read you this paragraph out loud and you tell me if this is good writing. And when she read it, it sounded awful, but I love the book. But there's a scene in it where uh, one of the characters goes to a supermarket and he he um, shoplifts some salmon, like a big giant thing of raw salmon. And he has it in his pants. That's how he gets it out of the store. So he's walking out of the supermarket with this big slab of raw salmon pants. So that's, it made me, reminded me of the chicken. Anyway. Um, well, it reminded yeah. me of a uh, Portnoy's complaint where right, he masturbates right. with liver. With the liver. And then yeah. his mother cooks it and serves it for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, American pie where there's a, there's a, um, you know, he masturbates in, in the, in the, the steamy pie itself. Um, So there's just like a long literary history. And I think perhaps it had groomed me for this moment where Jonathan Haidt asked this question. And I was like, I don't know. Seems fine to me. I I accepted the liver. I accepted the uh, the guy. Remember the guy that gets um, canceled uh, from the 92nd Street Y, Viet Thanh Huynh, who wrote Mm -hmm. a book called The Sympathizer, which is about the Vietnam War, but it's also about growing up in Vietnam. And, And he has a scene where he masturbates with a squid. It's just, it's just the possibilities are endless. <laughs> or an octopus, a squid or an octopus. I don't know. It's, I don't remember what it was. Lot. It was a, it was a squishy thing. Some, some suction, something. Yeah. Suction. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's kind yeah. of like nature's fleshlight. Yeah. Actually, like, well, yeah, I think nature's they... fleshlight is supposed to be the vagina, but not an underwater sea creature. Did you but say anyway. nature's flashlight? Fleshlight, fleshlight. Oh, you know fleshlight. what the fleshlight is? You know what the fleshlight is? It's the number one sex toy. At least it was for many years. The it's like a number like one a sex toy for men. It looks like a large flashlight, but it is, you know, has basically like a simul- Lips. simulacrum. That's it imitates word, the yeah. vagina. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. a sleeve so. of some sort. It's a sleeve. It's a sleeve. Yeah. It's a silicone a sucking, a sucking sleeve. sleeve. Yeah. And you can get yeah. it in like, it's it, you know, there's like a nope. corkscrew shape. There's like, a, there's different <laughs> porn stars have models of their pussy. It's it's wild. This is, see, all you people that were on the fence about subscribing, see, this is the content that you want. See, if you become a paid subscriber, we're going to get this every week. The sucking flashlight I mean, or whatever it's called. I need to bring back more of these chicken fucking moral dilemmas. I mean, yeah, I just think it's, it's really that's it's gold, where the baby. heart of our it's, yeah, it's it's gold. It's gold. Where it is. Okay. Well, you soared Four through that five. quiz with flying colors. Um, Eighty. 80. Yeah, that's me. Like eighty percent. That's us. You're a solid B, B student. A solid B student. Yeah. Well. Okay. Uh, we actually were here last night. And I don't, uh, Adam, who is a friend of ours, was telling a story about how he came from Israel and he got a job at the New York Post. And then they were trying to look at some transcripts about whether he'd graduated for something. And we were all like, there was Michael Moynihan and me and Matt Welch and Bacha. We asked, has anyone, as a journalist, Sarah, has any 
employer or anything ever checked like your college records or whether you actually graduated from a place? Oh my gosh. No, no, absolutely not. Because we were talking about people that like go to journalism school and which none of us have. It's like, who nobody cares you just go out and you do the job it was so funny that we were talking about there are people that actually like didn't get a job offer because like their record their transcript didn't check out it's like kind of weird weirdness anyway i bet that was a yeah. dog like there sorry everyone um so sarah did you want to announce something that's happening on sunday Yes, I do. Thank you so much for reminding me. This Sunday, we have our first Sunday Zoom hang, meaning that we have it on first Sundays, not that this is first Sundays of the month, not that we're doing this for the first time. We're old hats at this. That's right. Um, and this is for paid subscribers only. We get together. We chat. We have a wonderful community. Um, we decided that we were going to watch a movie together and chat about, watch a movie and talk about it together. Uh, we chose Macbeth, which is the Denzel Washington um, version of the Shakespeare classic, happens to be my favorite Shakespeare play, um, that is directed by Joel Cohen of the Cohen Brothers. And we chose this because at the time there had been a, a new sort of uh, mandate sent out in, a, in a, a large school district in Canada that had taken Shakespeare out of junior year classrooms and replaced it with um, something that was more identity focused. And, Indigenous authors only, I think. Yeah, Indigenous only yeah yeah and so so we were talking about the value of Shakespeare and uh the kind of timely timelessness of Shakespeare and we decided to kind of get together and talk about that and so we're gonna watch Macbeth and that and which is, I have not I, I have not seen it yet. no 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 but I did listen to the link that you put the history the history uh what's it called what is the podcast history you included um, a link in the, la in the I last. I did. I really so. did, and I wonder what that was. But it, you know, I'll put it. I'll also include it in this <laughs> in the episode notes of this podcast. And uh, you know, it's um, it's a podcast that's about the history of Macbeth, and it's called "The Rest Is History." And right. it's, uh, it's it's great. It's great. I've heard, it's this was recommended uh, by one of our listeners, and so if you want to do a little extra credit. This is so, and and this is about the history of Macbeth, right? Well, it's a it's a podcast, and it's it's like was they have something like five hundred fourteen episodes, but this just this one in particular was about Macbeth, the Scottish play, and like the history and, behind the story, yes, Shakespeare story. Yes, yeah, and the hosts are are fabulous. I mean, they're very very learned, but also very funny and quick, and also like. Like this, like they're British, like this, like slightly, oh, I'm just a little embarrassed to admit I know all this stuff, but let me tell you all about it. And it was just really fun. And I listened to it while I was making dinner um, yesterday. It was just, um, I'm, I've now put it on my roster. It just sounds like I want to listen to all of them. They're, they're wonderful. It's a wonderful podcast. Big Very fun. cool. This is hosted by yeah. Tom Holland and Dominic Sandbrook. Yeah. So, um, really, so really join good. us. Join yes, us on Sunday. Us, yeah. Paid subscriber bonus is one of the things you get. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific time. We will send yep. out a link that day, a Zoom link. Right, right. 
So uh, we, we've, I, I don't know if we're going to keep the title, the, the sort of working title I threw in uh, what this episode, which is Hollywood behaving badly or something like that. But boy, we've seen, a, it's been an interesting week in the Hollywoods um, in terms of people maybe not behaving very well. And uh, one of them was Casey Bloys. Casey Bloys, weird last name, B-L-O-Y-S, who is the CEO of uh, was HBO. The, I think he was the CEO. I don't, I, I don't, know, I don't know that he is okay. anymore. Okay. Well, he was so, then president of HBO programming. He may be the CEO now. I don't know. I think he's the CEO now. Got so it. it turns out that uh, during the pandemic, uh, you know, it's a difficult time for a lot of people. And um, he decided while HBO is rolling out a number of new shows that <clears throat> critics really needed to like these shows. And if they didn't like them, if there was anything kind of negative, then they would be pounced upon or trolled or, you know, not nice things said about them on Twitter by these accounts. Now, nobody likes this, right? I, I'm, not, I'm not rolling this out very well, Sarah, if you've got a better way to do it. But as it turns out, Casey Bloys um, instructed certain people within the company um, to create fake Twitter accounts, but that sounded very nice and on the up and up, uh, to troll and besmirch the work of various TV critics, which they did and I guess got away with for quite a while until as far as I know, this week. Did I get that right, Sarah? Yeah. So the, all of this came out as part of a wrongful termination lawsuit that got filed over the summer. Um, and it, it actually has not, very little to do with this. Um, this is somebody named Sully Tamori, and they worked at HBO. They worked on the show The Idol, which I think is probably basis for a lawsuit in itself. Like, just that you worked <laughs> on that horrible show. Like, somebody should should sue somebody else you know every once in a while i'll sit back and go the idol was just such a bad show like i just, I just will reflect on what an absolutely awful show it was um i only got through it one watched, episode well we watched the first episode and i don't know if yeah. you were but i was like i think this might be promising like i think it might turn around yeah. and then i watched all six and i've never watched a show go in the toilet like so spectacularly <laughs> it's absolutely like by the end of it you were like how did this how did this even happen? Anyway, that would have been uh, grounds for suing on its own, as far as I'm concerned. But he actually, this is about him getting kind of harassed and, and facing retaliation, telling them that he had a mental health diagnosis. It's, it's unrelated, but part of the suit is that he had to do all these menial tasks. And one of the menial tasks he had to do, I mean, I just think this is like comic to me. I mean, it is, it's so, no, really what it is is pathetic. Um, that, you know, this is like summer 2020. The world is on fire. OK, there's a pandemic. The George Floyd situation is happening. And what is this guy who's running one of the most like powerful, you know, channels of programming in the world? What's he doing? He's like, you need to tell Alan Seppenwall that he's a safe and predictable reviewer, you know, like it's, it's so sad. And so he's, you know, it, 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 this guy just comes off as like, um, you know, really thin skinned and vindictive. 
And I'm sure this was like one, you know, um, a very minute portion of what these employees had to do. But they did, you know, they uh, various shows that were getting canned or not even not even canned as much as like mediocre reviews. And it's, you know, it's telling that I don't even know some of these shows. Like one of them was The Nevers, the Joss Whedon show, The Nevers. Do you remember that show at all? Not at all. I was covering Not the at all. protests, so no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's M- Mayor of Easttown, which was the Kate Winslet show, which I do remember vaguely. Yeah, um, I remember and then a show thought, called. Though. Yeah, and then Perry Mason. I was like Perry Mason, but actually, um, I do uh, my friend Nick look, Flynn's wife starred in that. Oh, Lily Taylor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's wonderful. She is. Um, so anyway, people are these. You know, this is. Uh, you know, creating these these accounts. Like one of them is this woman that's like she's a Texas mom and an herbalist, and you know she she replies to one of Alan Seppenwall's reviews. Alan is always predictably safe and scared in his opinions. I mean, like, and also like, wow, you really nailed it. Like that's gonna that's yeah, gonna that's turn gonna... everything around for it's Mayor so, of Easttown. It's so babyish. It's so, it's so immature. It's such, such a like silly way. Look, you make a show, people are allowed to like it or not like it. Like you, you put on your big boy pants, man. And, but no, you're going to just like, it's so, it's so obnoxious actually to do this. Uh, it's, it's so petty. And you know, it's funny. They have a quote from Alan Seppenwall, who is, by the way, if you don't know Alan Seppenwall, he is a really great television critic. And uh, he used to work for the New Jersey paper. And now he writes for Rolling Stone. When I went to do my Matthew Perry piece. So, you know, I, I recently wrote a piece about Matthew Perry dying. And when, and I was asked to do it on Saturday night, Saturday was the day that he died. When I went to the Rolling Stone site to see what they had written that day on Saturday, Alan already had up like a 1500 word piece that he had obviously just like pounded out the moment that he heard Matthew Perry had died. It's really good. It's still one of the best, the best pieces that I read about, you know, Perry's value as a comic actor. Uh, this just reminds me that my friend Matt Zoller Seitz, who's also an amazing TV critic, always told me that Alan Seppenwall was the absolute best writer on Deadline he had ever seen. He used to do um, uh, rev- like uh, capsule reviews, you know, like for shows like The Sopranos and all the different must-see TV things. He would do uh, recaps and his speed is astonishing. This is just a long uh, segue to tell you how much I love Alan Seppenwall. Anyway, he was he was quoted in here and he was like, I can't even believe they bothered, you know, like it is really, really weird that people would come into your comments and do this. Um, it makes me wonder how many other places are doing this. Obviously, it is not that hard to create an account. Um, I will now respond to all negative criticism of my pieces as thank you, HBO. <laughs> um, so this came out this week and apparently I, I have to give him a little credit for this. Uh, Casey Blois came out and he decided to issue an apology. So I'm going to read you the apology. Um, for those of you who know me, you know, I am a programming executive who is very, very passionate about the shows that we decide to do. 
blah, blah, blah. I want them to be great. I want people to love them. I want you all to love them. It's very important to me what you think of the shows. So when you think of that mindset and then think of 2020 and 2021, I'm home working from home and Uh, spending an unhealthy amount of scrolling through Twitter. And I come up with a very, very dumb idea to vent my frustration. You know, I'll, 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 I'll give it to the guy. I mean, we've all, you know, we all don't, act on our best instincts sometimes. People did lose their minds a little bit, some more than others during the pandemic. So, okay. I find that lightly persuasive in the sense that I do think we all kind of lost our minds that summer and we're going to have to have grace with each other over it. I, it's just a stupid idea. Okay, I'm, I I don't wish him ill, and maybe he learned. Nah, I mean, nah, a, he doesn't need a, to lose it. No, 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 no. So, okay, and he issued the apology. So, okay, that's that's uh, that's number one Hollywood behaving badly um, topic. I think we have a few more. In uh, can you look in the hopper, Sarah? Can you can you lift the lid off? What what is a hopper anyway? What is a hopper? What is a hopper? A grasshopper? I think they mean grasshopper. Oh, so that's like, what it means in when you grasshopper. <laughs> It's like a fleshlight, grasshopper, whatever. Yeah. Um, Stick with me. I know etymology. Maybe it's maybe it's something where you put hops to make beer, like a like a wooden vat or something. Mm, Yeah, that sounds potentially right. Maybe. Um, Can you put the hops in the hopper? Sounds like a country song. Get those hops in the hopper. Um, Are you looking it up, Sarah? Yeah, because now I'm now I'm like, it's very curious. Our our listeners need to know. That's why they tuned in here. It's like, what word do I need to learn the etymology of today? And it would be Hopper. Um, The noun is looking. Oh wait, 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 wait. The noun has been used for locust or grasshopper. Oh well, that's just telling me this. It's a okay. Then later, at some point. The term came to mean a receptacle. And and it was called that because it had whatever this thing was, it, it had a sh- hopping or shaking motion. And it's in Canterbury Tales. I've clicked on a m- way too long. Yeah, the, okay, we're going to, we're going to, uh, once we're, you get Canterbury Tales, yeah, uh, <laughs> in the 20th century, the phrase in the hopper took on the expanded sense of in progress or under consideration. Um, I like my version better, really. It's just I, visual. It's visual. It's like a wooden bucket with a top. You put the hops in there. You put some liquid or a piece of bread, and it ferments, and you have beer. What's in the hopper? Yeah. Anyway, it's okay. what is it? Anyway, hi. Back to what we were talking about. The important um, okay. stuff. So, so yes. So there is a story. We actually have two stories from Vanity Fair, but the first one is by Brian Stelter, who is the former host of Reliable Sources on CNN. He's now a writer at Vanity Fair. He has a new book coming out about Fox. And if you're wondering what his um, take on Fox might be, the head the, the title of the book is Network of Lies. <clears throat> there we so, go. So, yeah, he's kind of til- tilting his uh, hand there. Um. He has a story about Tucker Carlson's exit from Fox News, which is still one of the biggest bombshells in cable. And so this is a story that kind of gets behind the scenes there. I always love these. I love these stories where you get to kind of see the the inner inner machinations of a of a crisis. And, um, you know, 
Tucker eventually came out and said that this was part of the Dominion lawsuit settlement. Right. Which and is 875 I, million, I think. 750 million. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Mil- hundreds of millions. And Stelter's skeptical of that. He thinks that is sort of a, a, a very convenient definition for something that was actually kind of a shit show. Um, like there were a lot and, and the way that he describes it is basically that like just like breaking up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, there's not usually one reason. It's an accumulation of reasons. And there's all these things that had built up over the years uh, that had made him kind of a toxic personality on the air, some of which will not be surprise, uh, surprise, some of which were very interesting. I mean, one of the not surprising um, was that he had, first of all, it paints his Tucker staff as incredibly loyal to him. Um, but, you know, Tucker was a very thorny, provocative personality. Now, there are accusations of his, you know, that he kind of gets titillated by misogyny. Now, in response to that, someone is like, no, 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 he doesn't hate women. He hates everyone. Which I also found kind of persuasive, but he uh, is a real, um, he loves the C word. We, you, when, when I say the C word, do you know what I'm talking about? Cunt. Yeah. You like to say it. I don't like to say it. I, I, I don't, I, I, it's not a word I use. I mean, I'm not British. You use it right? all the time. So, you call yourself. I do. C, you I do use not. it all the time. No, you don't. I, you don't. I, do. I was like, wait, what? No, it's not a word. I, I don't actually like that sort. You know what word I really don't like? And I'm not even going to say it. Moist. I love the word moist. Oh, no, no, no. Moist what? is such a... I love the word. I've had debate. People like, ew, that's the worst word. I'm like, moist is one of the best words. I don't you like the word. You realize that's like the squickiest word for people. Like moist oh, panties well. is apparently it's, like the squickiest so phrase. Oh, no. Moist panties is a great phrase. Whoa. I love, oh. and I love, I love Whoa. the word moist and I like the word panties. So for oh, me, wow. it's just like, it's just peanut butter and chocolate, right? No, I oh, don't like the word. Oh my God. I don't like the word. You actually made me blush. Like I'm actually <laughs> blushing. I don't like the word a-hole. I don't, I hate that word. I hate it. I don't use A-hole. it. I don't, I'm not even going to say it. What about asshole? I don't like it. No, that's what I'm, no, that's the word. I don't know. Oh, I don't, sorry. That's I made it word. worse. You made it worse. Oh, really? <laughs> or made it worse. I don't like that word. No, I feel very, I feel like a little lady when people are like, ew, no, don't say that word. No, no, I don't like it. I don't like it. No. Ugh. I'm sorry. I just yeah. don't like it. That's okay, fascinating. So okay. So you can not have like that I- one. I'll have okay. the moist and the panties. We're not going to say it again. I don't, um, I don't get super squicked out over moist. I do have my 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 mouth trips on the word panties because it sounds. Hello, Smoke Them If You've Got Them listeners. If you are hearing this, that means you have just listened to the free portion of our, oh, I don't know, biweekly episodes with Sarah Heppler. Sarah Heppler, who's just so busy right now. She could not record this little uh, interim moment for you. Um, We're happy to have you here as a free subscriber. If you'd like the entire episodes, please go over to smokeempodcast.substack.com and sign up and subscribe. Then you will get the full episodes every week, plus some special things we drop for you on the weekends and our monthly, our first Sunday Zooms. Again, to get the full fig, 
That is smokeempodcast.substack.com. Thanks.